How's it going, everybody? It's your host, Brian, and welcome to the LA Amplifier. Today, I get to share with you an interview I recorded with my very good friend and colleague, Delibero. It's the first recorded interview in a series we're working on where we talk to various artists around the valley, highlighting their works of art and getting to know them a bit more personally. It's part of a project our team at Volume 9 has been planning out and working on for the past couple of months. We're very happy to share with you our first efforts, and please keep in mind that although we've been studying our technique, we've yet still to pay our dues with working experience, so take it easy on the technical criticisms. We already know and we're eager to learn and adapt and grow into not only better interviewers, but also better editors and overall content creators. Today's credits and thank yous are going to be going out to, firstly, our guest Delibero for being our first guest. You can find him on Instagram, Spotify, and Bandcamp under the name Delibero, so make sure to give him a listen and a follow, please and thank you. Next, a shout out to Christian Argueta for helping me out and recording the video aspect of this interview. He's currently working on the edit so we can have it ready to post on the Volume 9 socials, and I've seen it and it looks amazing. He did a great job, and I can't wait for you guys to finally get to see it. Really quickly, a small shout out to James Lopez for keeping the area secure and safe from any potential bee attacks. And finally, a thank you to the mighty big man, who sometimes goes by his nickname, Juan, for trying his hand out at being a co-host and for being a key motivating factor behind the creation of this group. Anyways, without any further ado, it's time for the interview. I'll let the intro theme play out for you guys and I'll see you at the outro. Thank you very much and enjoy. How long have you been playing music? Probably around... Uh, well, I started playing guitar when I was 11, so it's been about 14 years just playing. And that was in, yeah, in middle school when I guess the social isolation kind of started. Yeah. Trying to find a way to uh, keep myself busy and my dad wanted uh, he had always wanted to play an instrument actually so it was almost like a vicarious thing and he said well we can look into the options like there's guitar there's piano went to the piano store I guess mm-hmm. there's a piano store and he they asked like what they honestly they did my dad dirty because they were like oh, yeah because yeah, they told him well this is like a piano here he's like how much does that one cost he's like it's fifty thousand dollars what the and he's like you're gonna get a guitar like you play guitar now because piano but then if you think about it like we could have gone on Craigslist and just yeah, found course. a piano for like well that's what I I mean how I got my piano now it cost me like 200 250 bucks I just had to like pick it up which was a pain but so for purely economic reasons mm-hmm. I started playing guitar and after that I just never stopped playing that's basically my only flex I guess what I really am prideful of is that I can truly say that I never have stopped playing since I started. That's yeah. really the greatest time to start, too, when you're young, because you're like a sponge, you absorb every single little detail about it. I only wish I would have started earlier. Yeah. yeah. When, I, when I hear or see guitarists that started playing when they were seven, mm-hmm. they're so much better than me. Like, it's not even funny. Bro, you don't even, personally, from experience and yeah. in, in knowing you, I've yeah. seen that you, like, dude, even back then, you had, like, ver- like, 
we considered a virtuosic talent to us because everybody, every one of us that knew about playing guitar within the group, we would, mm -hmm. we would hear about you and we would talk like that guy's really good. And like, I come, remember when we would no go to the, we, when we would go to the Sherman Oaks park. Yeah. Yeah. Right there. That's where I was. I confirmed it. I'm like, damn, this guy's really good. Like, That's so funny because I like, that was so long ago that yeah, I feel yeah. like I'm, I feel like I'm better now. So back then, I really don't feel like I was doing much. Like, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, Talent's always it's been really there, bro. funny that you guys actually talked yeah. about it. Um, remember I showed you the one of the first songs I ever recorded? I remember I showed it to you at the I park. I think so, yeah, at the yeah. park. It was called Lonely Night. And you were like... Did you ever... You posted that online, didn't you? I posted it on... Because I had a SoundCloud for the longest time. Yes. Um, which is now defunct. Oh. Um, but I yeah, I posted it there and then... Uh, one of the EPs that I released was kind of just older material yeah. and it shows up there and that song has vocals recorded from an iPod touch yeah yeah I, I think I remember and that's audacity and just like with a keyboard yeah like a really dumb $20 keyboard with the little drum sounds like yeah. none of it's programmed it's all just me yeah, yeah. like that on the keyboard that's great I remember my first thought after I made that song and I showed it to people and they liked it that I was terrified because I thought I can't do that again. Mm -hmm. Like that's there's no formula to that. Uh -huh. I will like how am I going to do anything better or even to match that? And that's been the kind of overarching kind of theme of my music career. It's mm -hmm. just like I don't know how I did that and I don't think I'm ever going to do any better. Mm -hmm. But I'll just keep playing. And so I did that song, and then there's another song that people really liked, and I was like, you know, that's... And then, eventually, I wrote this song called Fairweather. And Fairweather, like, everyone loves that one, for whatever reason. Yeah. And um, that's the one that uh, people would tell me, like, oh, what's it about? And blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like... So then I'm like, I'm, I'll never do Fairweather again. And then... So there was Fairweather, and then... I finally got around to saying, you know what, I want to record an album. Mm -hmm. So I released the album, and then I was like, I'm never going to do better than my first album. So then, in doing that, what I ended up doing is that in 2020, I released two. So I was like, I, I can't do yeah, one so. album that's better, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'll try to do two that yeah, just I just really like. Yeah. yeah, the way it sounds, and I'm satisfied with the product. And, and then now, I'm like, what did I... I feel the same. I feel like... What am I gonna do now? Like I released two albums in one year, so like I can only go down from here. So yeah. It's like a weird anxiety, I guess. I feel like that's like the natural struggle that the artists go through is they're always constantly trying to like do better than they did before. Definitely the worst artists are the arrogant ones, I would say. <laughs> the ones that they don't feel like they need that to they do actually, better. They actually think that they're just the, the best. Mm -hmm. Which I mean, maybe they maybe they're pretty good, but it just I don't know. It's it's never been. I don't know. I guess just even the concept of, like, am I successful, is not an artistic question at all. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it has nothing to do with the art. So it's like, it's kind of a moot. Yeah. Music, for me, is an expression of your free will. Mm -hmm. To whatever extent we have free will, yeah. who knows? But it feels like an expression of I. I choose to do this, and and that's for me the the primary motivator. Just that I'm choosing, 
mm-hmm. and no one's choosing for me. And sometimes, and that's the thing, sometimes I'll, you know, be trying stuff out, different sounds and hours and nothing comes of it really. Um, and then sometimes in 15 minutes, you know, motivation or some idea just captures you and you're able to produce something that people like. Yeah. And then it's like, so, you know, it's, so, it's just the fact that you choose to do it. So what can you say about the artists that when they make their, their, their songs or their art, mm-hmm. some of them say that they, they receive it from somewhere mm-hmm. else. What is your perspective on that? Makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it. Uh-huh. Do you never feel... You never feel really like the creator. Mm-hmm. You never really... You don't identify. Like, I, I'll hear the songs, and it's like... Yeah, that I was like... Just... I was just the vessel that this, like, exactly, that right? this idea ended up coming into this form. And maybe like the, the little edges of it probably is because of who I am. Yeah. It influenced how it is, but like, yeah, it feels like it, I don't personify it, I guess, or it doesn't necessarily feel like it, like, I don't know, like some sort of channel, some sort of source, but it definitely does feel like not me, like not me, like fine tuning and creating this thing and knowing exactly what it is. So you just kind of let it ride. Yeah. And just, so, so that's why it's weird. Yeah. yeah, yeah. People talk about a voice, you Mm -hmm. know, like, you have an artistic voice. Yeah. It's, it's, in, it's hard to kind of uh, pinpoint what that is mm-hmm. because over time, I guess over time I've developed one, but I, mm-hmm. it's totally, totally subconsciously, completely, you know? You just end up creating things that I guess sort of sound similar, but not, and, and then eventually you have That's how it sort of feels when, personally me, like I hear something in a dream Mm-hmm. And and I wake up and I'm like, oh yeah. god, I gotta write that down. But then it's gone. Yeah. Yeah. I love that though. I yeah. love. I wish that that happened to me more often in terms of inspiration for music uh-huh. because I love hearing stories of like, I heard this chord progression in my dreams, yeah. Yeah. or, uh, you know, they had some sort of vision or something, mm-hmm. um, or some sort of experience that made them uh, just be inspired. Mm. I think, uh, like I think, like Paul McCartney has a bunch of those stories and stuff, like just in a dream. Yeah. Like, wow, that's awesome. That's incredible. You mentioned before that uh, you put a lot of work into some things, and sometimes it doesn't go anywhere. Do you ever build from whatever you've made? I always tell myself I will. <laughs> I have tons of stuff because I will. Every time that I sit down and try to do something, I will end up recording at least a bit of it. And I always tell myself, one day when I don't have any inspiration, I'm going to go back and I'm going to listen to all this stuff that I recorded. But the truth is, I really never do. <laughs> I have tons of stuff there, snippets, longer things, and they're, they've, that file hasn't been opened in like years. Um, because I go and then I never want to do that. I'm always like, but I can just do something right now. Like, I can just make something. Why am I going to go back? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I think about it, there's probably some good stuff there. You never know. It, yeah, you never know. Bangers. But this is just the way my brain works. Uh-huh. Because then, then it's like, but, but it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares if I do or I don't? Yeah. You know? I just have to choose which one I'm going to do. One day, uh, that's what I always tell myself, one day I will do it. One day I will go back. 
for inspiration to those old ones, but it hasn't happened thus far. No song has been like, um, like Radiohead will always be like, there's, this is the new album, and they always have like one song that's older that they brought back. They're like, oh, this is a song that we originally wrote like 10 years ago, and like we're bringing it back. Like, I would love to be like that, but yeah. I'm just not. Uh -huh. Too much work, too much, too much to go back to and to build on. So it's more like whatever comes, comes, and you make it, correct? Yeah, yeah. Whatever is I, whatever I'm in the mood for today, let's let's do that. You know, yeah. and see see how it goes. Mm. So previous works, just put it on the back burner. We'll eventually get to it. You know. One day. Gotcha, gotcha. One day. Seems like you're always on something to do. Like another project is always coming around the corner. It's never, you never had those moments where it's like, oh man, I really don't have anything to make. There's, there's moments, I think it goes in cycles. Mm -hmm. There's really busy cycles, and then I feel like the human brain always ends up finding reasons why you don't like the, the current way things are, like the status quo and you want to change it. Mm -hmm. um, so there's been times where I've been really busy, and then I'm like, oh, but I'm busy. You know, like, I'm, now I'm tired, now I can't like, like, for whatever reason, I mean, it's probably, it's, it is bad, but it's like, whenever it's like I get locked into like a schedule for something, like, I just dread it. I just dread it because then it's like, ah, oh, I feel like I can't do something now. But Same in reality, it's yeah. like, we got to practice. Like, we have to do these yeah. things. Yeah. But it feels restrictive. And like, if I'm being honest, like, most of the time, if you lock me into a schedule, um, I'll probably last just like a couple months. And then I'm going to, I'm going to find something Bounce. to get out of it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I so, used to have like tutoring. I had like math tutoring that uh -huh. I used to get paid for. Yeah. It was, like, once or twice a week, and I just shoot myself in the foot because I don't like it. I'm just like, oh no, I want my Thursday from three to five. Like it's just some dumb schedule, but it ends up just causing me this kind of like, oh, I can't just. You tell me I can't just drive off into the sunset for three weeks right now. Although I never do it, mm -hmm. but I want that option. Gotcha. So with this, you don't like being restricted. So how, how did you handle the lockdown and COVID? Uh, unhealthily, <laughs> probably. <laughs> would be the best way to put it um, concisely. Uh, you did get two albums out, though, in that time, though. I got two albums. Like, I had recorded some of it from, from before. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I did do a lot of recording in 2020. And it was, yeah, because as most people, as happened with a lot of people, you keep yourself busy to not think about things mm. that are happening in the back of your head, and then all of a sudden you're alone, and that's literally all you can think about. And so you have to find a way to deal with it. Um, I started running a lot. I ran, I ran usually four miles a day. Mm -hmm. wow. and, then, and then if not, sometimes more. Sometimes like six. And I was, in my mind previously, before the pandemic, because the pandemic actually messed this up, I was going to do a, um, a half marathon. So I was going to start training for that, but then the half marathon got canceled. And I was like, well, I still want to keep running. Realistically, I was not going to do well at that half marathon. Like, my goal was just like trying to get to the end. Um, but I was like, you know, so a half marathon, I think is, because uh, a full marathon is like 26.2 or something. So a half marathon is about like 13. Mm -hmm. um, so... The, the cool thing is my block is one mile, like all the way around. So I can just kind of, I just count them. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I have to get to the half mark. I had to get to like seven. Um, so that was kind of like, uh, I think that was a good thing that I did. I started running more. 
as everyone did, I started drinking like a lot more, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, which wasn't, yeah, wasn't good, but, um, learned a lot and, um, yeah, just trying to calm my mind. Um, mm-hmm. I started, I, I had the beginnings of starting to meditate. Um, Same. yeah, all mm-hmm. those things though, I feel like, um, I feel like I started them, but I never really, really got to the point where I should have with them. Like I, yeah, I cut, I could have gotten a lot more out of it. And now I feel like I'm starting to get back into it. Like I feel a lot better. Yeah. It feels weird. Cause it comes and goes in waves. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And 2021 feels like just the buffer year of kind of processing 2020. Maybe that, maybe that's the method that needs to be more implemented throughout yeah. humanity, I think. Cause like the, like kind of throwing yourself into yeah, it yeah, and then like taking it easy, going where the flow takes you and then taking a break and then coming back if it feels natural. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That works sometimes with, with even with music, yeah. like I have an idea and sometimes it's just, you get caught up in that moment too much. Yeah. You get caught up and, and, and I think it is again, like a distinctly human thing to like, yeah. it's like when people have like, they find out about painting or something. They're like, I want to. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to Michaels and mm-hmm. buy all the paints. I'm gonna buy the easel. I'm gonna buy the canvas. And I'm like, why aren't Why aren't I good? Why doesn't yeah. this look good? And then you get frustrated. And then you're like, but I, if I just put enough effort into this one moment, it should work. It just doesn't. That's one of the most unnatural feelings that mm-hmm. comes with trying to progress in something. Is that like you feel like that resistance? Yeah. From trying to learn. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I a, wanted enough that I should have it. Yeah. But that's not how it works. Yeah. It's not about wanting it. It's actually doing it. Mm-hmm. Just keep doing it. That's, that's yeah. That would be like my main advice as of that. Like my, I would want people to just try something. Mm-hmm. And then the main thing is just do it. Just keep doing it. And who knows? Sweet. Maybe it'll not to nothing, but maybe it won't. And it'll feel nice. So it's all right either way. Yeah. No pressure. Yeah. Do it, no pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, let's kind of wrap it up a little bit so as a final question do you do you believe covid is gonna trigger a sort of renaissance i hope so i really do hope so i think that i feel like we have the like the perfect ingredients for it to happen actually throughout the world it's possible i mean one of the, the main things when you look at stuff like the Renaissance are key concepts like the availability of people who have a lot of money. Strangely enough, it sounds dumb, but the availability of people who have a lot of money to give it to artists just for their living. Yeah. So that artists don't have to worry about like making ends meet. Mm-hmm. And if you do that, if you empower an artist in that way, it'd be incredible the amount of art and, and the, how, how powerful it would be. Um, but you know, I mean, freaking Frank Ocean was working at Subway. Like this is the this is the society <laughs> that we yeah mm-hmm. we've created. But it's you could empower them a lot. So there has to be that something similar to that. And then also what they did, or when you see in the Renaissance, is also where you lived was very like not forced to you, but it encouraged you to know the people around you and to form sort of a community. You know, as they say, it takes a village. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why are you gonna? 
you know, there can be the kid that doesn't have a dad, but it's just like, look, bro, you have all these male figures around you that could potentially each have little fragments of something that could help you become a good man or a good woman. Mm-hmm. This was a good conversation. Yeah. yeah. I... I didn't know what to expect going into it. Me neither, bro, to be honest. I'm a nervous wreck right now, still. Yeah, if you gave me the timestamp right now, <laughs> I wouldn't know how much time it We're takes. at 50 minutes, so. Yeah, so he doesn't. And I have no idea what I said. I have no idea what I just said. That's all right. Well, it might be shit, but it felt good. <laughs> it did feel nice, yeah. yeah. It, it did feel nice. Just throwing um, it out there, right? Yeah. People Great. talking to people just it always, it always it's like it's like I said with the workouts like the exercise something about it's just like you know the same exact life situation but same. after you talk with someone you get a little more insight just feel yeah. better mm-hmm. perspective yeah. get a little bit better yeah thank you guys yeah, thank you for your time man appreciate Thanks. it Leo <laughs> I forgot to mention your name again my bad we'll put it in <laughs> yeah 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 well thank you Leo thank you really appreciate the interview. taking the time out of your day to give our first interview a listen. Our apologies for not realizing that the fan was running on full blast in the background, but if anything, it gives the interview a nice little dose of homely, chaotic ambiance. <laughs> we promise to up our skills with time to provide you with the adequate and fulfilling entertainment your ears so rightfully deserve, but for now, it's until next time. Thank you to all the hard workers involved in making this effort a reality, and thank you, Leo, for being our first interviewee. I said that right, right? Interviewee. Interviewee. Okay, anyways, follow him on Instagram under the username DeathLibero. And follow us at our homepage on Instagram at volume9 with the German 9 at the end. All because the English one was taken. This has been the LA Amplifier, and props to you for making it this far, and hopefully, we'll see you next time. <laughs>